0: All right, this is The A, I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay. Uh, the A is sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. It is a wonderful, beautiful Late January 2022 I just went outside to uh, get you guys And uh, wow, I had no idea the weather was so wonderful Oh, it's gorgeous today <laughs> And we have a special guest We have Mika Kavita is that, Am I saying your name right? Mika Kavita Mika Micah, Micah. Right on And you're an actress You've worked with Kim Donovan In Dirty Butterfly and oh! The Well production <laughs> Okay,
1: I guess No, I saw that Oh gosh I felt so bad Jesse is such a sweet person mm-hmm. and he knew me okay his girlfriend and I had been in a show mm-hmm. so he's like Norman yeah he walked up to me after the show I'm like I don't want to touch you like, <laughs> I, 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 and I've apologized like three times since mm-hmm. I'm like I'm sorry that story was just hard it was
2: brutal for sure mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah well Anton's well, we just had Robert Estez on so uh, awesome. we had him on last week yeah and uh, he talked about just um the material that he grabs for Anton's well—it's not, you know, for the weak at heart. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's very, very serious theater. Mm-hmm. And of course, he sings your praises. Uh, so you are also you're affiliated with B8 Theater. Are you
2: still affiliated with B8 Theater? Yeah, B8 is actually um, I consider it my creative. Oh, role. B8. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I love B8. Yeah,
2: my very uh, one of my first productions I ever did after graduating was with them.
0: Right so. on, that's fantastic. Well, We'll learn more about mm-hmm. you, uh, Micah, uh, as I begin every podcast. Norman, how was your week?
1: I I don't remember. (laughs) No, um, you know, things are starting to percolate for James Baldwin. We're going to do a a little read next month of a piece that we're developing. Um, So that's starting to happen. Uh, Eugene O'Neill, the Eugene O'Neill Foundation is in Danville, and we're preparing for a spring thing. And there's been a lot of confusion about how and what we're doing, and that's been going back and forth. So I just feel like I'm... Juggling right now. I'm. Oh, and I am teaching at Redwood High School in Larkspur. Is this Um, the
0: Shakespearean thing you were telling me? No, this is not Shakespeare.
1: This is um, we're doing. They just read The Crucible, and then they brought in teaching Arthur Miller thing. Yes, Arthur Miller. Yes. yes. So I'm just doing a scene um, from that, and then trying to get the students to understand. Like I I could see. I've already got one guy who's just sort of checked out. His character comes in. Maybe halfway or a little <clears> more than halfway through the scene. He's kind of a heavy, you know, in terms of the, of the story. He doesn't feel like there's anything going on for him. So I'm like, well, so what's your character's first name? Oh, it doesn't say in the script. Right. But if you don't have a world for your character, then how do you fit in this world? Where, do you, where is your place in this world? Are you and Proctor? John Proctor is the main character. Right. Yeah. Uh, he and Elizabeth, his wife Elizabeth. Are you and John Proctor friends? Because, you know, when you've got to come knock on his door and say, hey, man, I'm here to arrest your wife. Mm-hmm. Are you just are you just nobody doing that? Or is there a relationship there? And it's clear to me in the scene that there's more of a relationship. I'm like, come on, do some homework mm-hmm. before we get to your part of the story. I expect that you have had all that time before we get there to do a little bit of. Home- so I actually gave him homework over the weekend. Here's character um, character. It's a character development sheet that mm-hmm. I have. You know, who is your character? Where do they live? Occupation was one. And I was like, most of y'all don't know what your occupation is because this is a very rural farm community. Mm-hmm. So, but. In the Puritan period, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, even if you're the magistrate, he, this one guy's the magistrate. <coughs> I'm like, so, again, are you and John friends? Do you have a beef with John? One guy's the neighbor. I'm like, how do you feel about your neighbor?
0: Mm-hmm. Those, those are wonderful moments for high school kids. These are high school kids, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. To, hey, theater is not just about grabbing the, the script and memorizing your lines and then going on and being a superstar and wearing wonderful clothing. Right. But it's character analysis, putting yourself in the shoes of somebody else oh, yeah. and understanding you know, what it is to live in this world. And of course, when we deal with Arthur Miller, we talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is in the Puritan era. But it's talking about McCarthyism. It's talking about what's happening in the 50s. and right. it's re- And it's talking about what's happening even right now. I
1: mean, Well, and I'm trying yeah. to relate it without beating them up with politics. Sure. <laughs> but one thing that is totally relatable is the hysteria from misinformation. Yes. Yep. That yeah. is very much, you know. Yeah. Is so-and-so a witch? Well, she had a poppet. It's like a little doll, right? Yeah. And it had a pin in it. It had a needle in it. What's they got to do anything? Oh, this other woman is uh, accused of being a witch. Um, she would come begging for stuff, and when I'd say no, she would mutter when she walked away. What difference does it <laughs> make if she mutters? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think she was putting a curse on me. Oh, yeah. that's serious. We're going to arrest her. <laughs> like,
0: mm-hmm. oh, and, and, and it gets into the expectation of how we want women to be. I mean, you know, that's, the, oh, that's what Miller is yeah. you know, talking about, so... Uh, you know that that stuff is very very fascinating
1: well the coolest so it's two classes and you can chime um, in micah anytime okay. yeah. no, <laughs> I, I was enjoying listening to y'all. <laughs> but um one of the my last class friday and you know it's friday afternoon this is mm-hmm. the last class of the day I go. and this young woman stops me to say i just have a question because i don't know what's going on with my character and i'm like well your character is probably the hardest character in the scene because you come in being Mr. And one, she's playing. It, it's just by last name, Hale. So I'm like, I don't care, male, female. You know, do do whatever is comfortable for you. But you are the religious figure who has just come to the community. And you feel like this whole witch thing is a little weird. So you're, pers- you're taking personal initiative to try and figure it out for yourself. That's why you're here. That's why you showed up. As the poppet pops up, it's like, oh, okay, that could be bad. But maybe it isn't. As people tell these lame stories, like about the old woman, uh, it doesn't sound like proof. In fact, somebody says it's proof, and he's like, yeah, I don't know. So I said, so your character's in an interesting position. One, you don't really know much of anything about anybody in the community, so you're that, you're that thing for the audience that allows us to get all the exposition out because you don't know. But two, as you start to learn things, you've got to come from your background, which is you're really religious. But this whole court thing is getting a little out of hand. And everybody tells you that John Proctor is a good man. So what are you going to believe? And I'm loving that I can talk about that without getting too much into politics. <laughs> yeah, and, hope, and
0: hopefully the kids get it. <clears throat> you know, they sort of understand and they sort of think for themselves, wow, this reminds me of whatever, whatever, without you pointing the finger, you know.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. and we'll see how much time I've got. Then today, this morning, I, um, I also have a regular teaching job that I've been doing for many years. And we usually do a brunch to talk about what we're going to do in the spring, this spring. And used to be they went to Ashland and they saw the shows. I love Ashland. So we spent the spring working on the plays that Ashland is doing, that they're going to see. Um, We are doing Midsummer and we are doing Tempest because those are being done at Ashland, but because of the lockdown, they're not going. And uh, I was pushing for some other plays. So were some other people. And so it looks like I would be doing Tempest. That's that's what we decided this morning. And I'm like, okay, I okay, I, I love Tempest. It's not that I don't love it. I feel like Tempest is that you know I'm ready to retire. So <laughs> I'm gonna do this play about a guy who basically retires. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yep. Yeah.
0: There you go. There have been a couple of um, <clears throat> excuse me current events. Um, I don't know if we have a reaction for Meatloaf. Um, passing away.
1: I'm excited. I I wish... No, I mean, think about how you try to make a career for yourself. Mm -hmm. If you could find that one thing, and then it becomes like a huge hit, and then you do that for the next 40 years, eh, there are worse things to do in life. Yeah. Yeah. There's a podcast called uh, Hit Parade. It's sponsored by Slate.
0: And they talk about these artists, musical Mm -hmm. artists. <clears throat> and how they sort of hit, you know, the number one chart and the unorthodox way of them getting there. And I can't think of a more unorthodox way mm-hmm. of this individual who was really part of this um, sort of, um, I want to say, um, what is the, um, Tim Curry was in the thing. Um, the Rocky Horror Picture Yeah, the Rocky oh, yeah. Horror Picture Store, that sort of stuff. I mean, and I was never really into that sort of stuff. Michael, were you into
2: that? Nah, not
0: really. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't necessarily into it, but there were some kids who were like, you know, I'm sort of countercultural, I don't have a great voice and I don't look like a superstar, so can I make it? Probably not. And then Meatloaf actually does it.
1: Oh, doesn't he? And connects Fantastic. to that countercultural
0: movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what he represents. Yeah. Um, so then we have, oh my God. Trump is out of office but he's still making news. He now says that white people are discriminated when it comes to vaccines. White people aren't getting enough vaccines. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs>
1: Uh, because they don't <laughs> want it maybe um, i i like just don't
0: nice. I, I don't even know why i listen to the news and and, him <laughs> and all that sort of stuff oh, josh weldon so this is once again cancel culture so josh uh weldon i think that's his last name yeah famous producer he's done a bunch of movies and he's helped bait superstars um, and
1: uh buffy right <clears throat> buffy Van Hopslayer.
0: Mm-hmm. um So now he says, uh, so so he's being canceled and now Gal Gadot, who Mm -hmm. is Wonder Woman and she's doing a bunch of other things. She's a woman on the rise who basically says, hey, you know, he even solicited me for sex.
1: Oh, no, wow. I had not heard that one.
0: And okay. he says, oh, no, well, she's not from, you know, her Her English is not that great. She's from Israel. She misheard me. <laughs> oh, my
1: God. <laughs> Did you hear about this? Women, no. <laughs> women don't get it sometimes when a guy is just being friendly, you oh, know? My he's just asking for your number yeah, because he's course. concerned about you. Yeah, he wants
2: to borrow a cup of sugar. <laughs>
1: he's sending you, you know, some inappropriate photos just accidentally. Yeah, those
2: were just greeting Whoops. cards, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah.
1: did my hand go there? I didn't mean it. I was stretching. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I, I mean, no, I you, had not heard that Jokes one.
0: aside, I'm sure you've had I don't know if you've had any bad experiences or you, I'm sure you've heard of these experiences.
2: I have had and heard. I mean, most mm-hmm. women have. Which yeah, is the unfortunate truth.
0: So. Yeah. so it doesn't shock you at all. Nope. And when it comes to affairs that he's had, he said on camera I had to have these affairs, I, and I don't even know what that means. So oh huh? it's, it's a little crazy. I, I don't quite understand, but he's, he's trying to, he's one of these individuals who gets caught up in, hey, I know what you did last year or whatever. Oh, right. And he's, you know, a, a bunch, there have been a bunch of these folks who have had to deal with that, with Weinstein and, and all of the others. So right. there's that. Um, a, man in, a man who went to a Cracker Barrel in Tennessee wanted water, Instead, he was given a uh, cleaning agent, I think, you know, like a whoops.
2: Whoa. A whoops?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's one of those. It, it's almost <laughs> if, like, you know, Norman is drinking water right now. And instead, like, I'm clean. I don't know. Maybe I'm cleaning my bathtub and I forgot to give you, I gave you something that should have not have been water. Uh-huh. Wow. So I that's what happened. a
2: coffee shop. That's not, that's I know. not a
0: whoops. That's exactly not a whoops. But he got a $9.3 million settlement out of it. Okay. So I may have been like, Nine. hey. Wow. You know, I did. I asked for water. That's not what I wanted, but thank you anyway. Yeah, because <laughs> the man got paid.
1: Oh, come on, he's traumatized. Nine, yeah, oh, nine of million dollars worth of traumatized. Now, now
0: <laughs> this is the okay. So I've had a lot, of, a bunch of these lists, so we can, you know, whatever. <laughs> I just, I just rolled through and see, you know, what mm-hmm. catches and what doesn't. These fake certificates. Have you heard about this? These are the so. This gets into the election. So now there's news coming out
1: and the, the Super Bowl.
0: The Trump. Well, I mean, so Trump has – Trump had tried to organize because before – you know, the electors give their votes to the governor. Oh, you're
1: talking about the elector list. Yeah. Oh, that is serious. And it
0: comes in a form of a certificate basically saying these votes in Michigan, all Mm -hmm. of them go to Biden.
1: Right. And this
0: is the official certificate that we're giving to the governor. The governor signs it and then gives it to Congress. Trump tried to pass seven fake certificates. Yeah in 2020 to try yeah. to throw the election. And yeah. of course, Pence wouldn't take it because it's like, hey, this is not right. Mm-hmm. right. And now, I mean, there's this is fraud. This is, you know, uh, you know, basically it's like a fake document. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about this at all?
1: Oh, yes. No, I've been following. Yeah. I've been following yeah. because they are substantiating. Like, they've got it. Exactly. They've got the document. And now we have these January And they know six who p- they came from. Yeah.
0: We have these January 6th committees, and we have William Barr, who's, who's agreeing to testify, and I think Pence yeah. is agreeing. They want to talk to Ivanka Trump. I don't think they're going to get there.
1: I, I hope they don't. I don't imagine her saying anything.
0: Now, yeah, of course not. But it's just... Because we knew that Trump was bad, we didn't know it was this bad, especially the
2: last days. I mean, think of coming. I feel like we knew it, yeah, like, in our gut, you. but we just didn't like have the. We Didn't yeah. believe
1: anybody could be that bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you always
2: hope that no one's going to be that depraved, but I mean, it, it's Trump.
1: Yeah, it, it,
0: it's amazing. It it just it it's stunning. It's just amazing how. Um, and you know Trump himself, but then the people around him, you know, because evil needs help. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't know. It, it just fascinates me. And the last thing that I really have, I tried to. I don't think we've even found a funny thing, but apparently train robberies are back on the rise. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: not. That's not a thing. I'm mad about that. The Union Pacific thing in Los Angeles. Yeah. No, no. Well, uh, do you, you know before before it happened, they had just laid off all these security people. And this is the thing with all these retail thefts. I finally was able to kind of, why is this bothering me? And it bothers me because I remember being a kid when malls, big malls were yeah. starting to become oh, a yeah. thing in our community. Yeah, And going to the mall, there's no doors. It's just a big, wide open doorway because mm-hmm. they want you to be able to walk in and walk out. Yeah. And stuff just stacked right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But they had security guards. Mm-hmm. Over the years, nobody wants to buy pay for the security guards, and mm-hmm. then they're mad that people are coming in and snatching their stuff. I'm like,
0: Psh. right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And even when they do have the security guards, a lot of them are like kids anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not like real security guards, and they, you know, they, a lot of them don't want to confront, especially if you got some, you know, homeless individual who's going acting crazy because he's high on meth. Uh, but I with should, a
1: lot of this, they mm-hmm. just don't even have them, and that's. The part of the story that is only now starting to be told yeah. is like with Union Pacific, they had just There's laid off a bunch of security staff yeah. who would have been guarding the yard. Yeah. Nobody guarding the yard.
0: Right, exactly. So Union Pacific is blaming, I, I think they're blaming the government or the police or something yeah. like that, basically saying, Well, hey, the
1: police are jumping in on it and saying, yep, if we had more money, we could have been there. We could have stopped it. And it's like, no, you you actually don't stop robberies. That's That's statistically been... You know, that's been Mm -hmm. researched. It's been, you know, quantified. You guys do a very small percentage.
0: Yeah. I do wonder, here's a question for you, Micah, I'm sorry, before Mm -hmm. we get into your origin story. I don't know if people are going crazier because of COVID-19 because they're cooped up or whatever, or if this is just, we're just noticing these things like, you know, not only the train thefts, but also there have been thefts. I mean, there are several stores that are closed in the Bay Area Mm -hmm. because of these thefts and things like that. I guess, um, well, how are you doing in the age of COVID? I mean, are you, uh, I'm sure you're healthy and has your job been affected? Has, I'm sure theater's been affected. Yeah,
2: yeah. One of my jobs was affected. I was oh. at, mm-hmm, I was teaching with Marin Shakespeare going into mm. the prisons, and so we had to stop that. Mm. Oh, and wow. It's really almost like each one reach one that she participated
1: in. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, they do Shakespeare, though. Yeah, and yeah. so
2: we had to put a hold on that and re- do reprogramming. Um, but my I also uh, work as a barista by day, and that has not been affected because even if the world stops, people need caffeine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, right. But I have noticed, though, people on – a scale have either become either way nicer or, way more rude and there's no one between and Mm -hmm. so in serving customers you either have people that are complete poop faces or complete angels and they're just Mm. you you see their true colors a whole
0: interesting Mm -hmm. interesting and you're on the front line i mean as a barista Mm -hmm. you know like i go into starbucks every now and then i try to cut down because it gets expensive but Mm -hmm. um they're on the front line and and you always have to smile Mm -hmm. hi how are you doing Mm -hmm. let me get this thing
2: for you no matter how the customers treat you oh yeah I've gotten uh, real good at saying "screw you," but what well, saying "thank you"? Interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Subliminally, it's like a second skill. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's yeah. I you know I uh, I. <clears throat> You know, the the stuff that you guys do and you know, uh, and other folks like uh the there's still tellers. I mean there's still tellers and there's still right. people in the uh grocery stores that manage the cash registers, although that's becoming obsolete now because mm-hmm. of the automation. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's gotta be tough dealing with uh I've never
2: had to deal with uh the customer service. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it honestly, I think everyone should have to do at least once in their life because it teaches you how to treat the people that are behind the counter. Mm, yeah. And if you don't have the, that awareness, like <laughs> it's a, it's amazing. The people don't even have the common courtesy to say thank you or right. look you in your eye when you're serving them. To a lot of people, you end up just being the help instead of being a, a full person with hopes and dreams It just happens to be behind the counter because they have certain bills to pay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there have been times where I've stunned someone who's serving me by saying, so how are things going? How are you doing? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's, and they're it's like, crazy. what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have certain customers that they've stopped and been like, no, how are you? And I'm like, do you really want to know? Because <laughs> yes, I'll tell you. Do you tell? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll lay it down. Yeah,
0: And a lot of times you're like, I can't have a conversation. There's someone behind you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but thank you so much. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I do wonder about those. I mean, like every now and then I'll go into Burger King and there are mm-hmm. people and I know that they're not. Well, they—I know they, uh, they're immigrants, uh, and you know they don't necessarily speak the language, mm. but they still want to be treated with respect, yeah. mm, and yeah. so I try to do my best at the limited time that I have to give them the respect mm. that they deserve. Mm-hmm.
1: So, oh, I see. So, yes, Marin Shakes had to. You should be grateful that was San Quentin. You
2: sure? Do? I actually was uh, going into Solano State Prison oh, and okay. California Medical Facility, but okay. I have experience in San Quentin, but not through Marin Shakes. Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Because Marin Shakes was the worst in the state for prison uh, COVID uh, cases. Oh, interesting. When, when we first peaked.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because well, a lot of the um, the guards would come in with no regard for yeah. the safety of yeah. the men behind the bars and so yeah. they would come in knowing they were sick and then yeah. just spread it because oh they're God. lovely yeah. human beings
0: oh that's horrible mm-hmm. no, no, all no. right well before we get <laughs> to an ordinary story i do have i don't have a fun story but i do have i got a
1: fun one for you oh go for it so i don't know if you heard mitch the other day mitch after, mcconnell okay. mitch mcconnell was happy mm. the other day because you know voting right yeah he didn't have to mm. do nothing about it they just voted bam is over we're done um so he goes to have a press conference and a reporter asked him, well, what about, you know, like the African-American population and people who are concerned about oh, not yes. getting their, their right to vote? Yes. And he says, well, African-Americans vote at the same percentage as Americans.
0: Yeah. As if we're not Americans.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. He has poorly tried oh, to walk man. it back. It's been horrible. But on Twitter, mm-hmm. it suddenly hashtag Mitch, hmm. Oh, and, I love it! And <laughs> you better I, have my money. Everybody, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's posting these pictures of themselves. Very quickly, it became vets. Mm-hmm. And once I realized it was that, I was like, "Oh wait, I got a picture." So there's a picture of me in a um, in a common bathroom. Somebody calls me to take my picture, and I turned around, and stuck my tongue out at him.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was
1: like, perfect. I. And I actually ended up getting into with somebody because she said, I'm tired of this and, you know, it's being misunderstood. Somebody said, yeah, I don't know why they're being so polite. And I was like, no, 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 this wasn't Mitch, please. This was Mitch, please. Right,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean. Uh, but they backed off after I said, you know, I was sincerely, as soon as I heard the quote, I was Mm-hmm. And then I saw what people were posting and their beautiful families and people posting their dad, their granddad, their uncle, you know, in the service, these beautiful service pictures mm-hmm. going back past World War II. I loved it. Yeah, it, it was incredible. Only
0: I mean, uh, you know, America's the land of the free and the home of the brave. Yet we can't pass voting rights mm-hmm. <laughs> so that everyone has equality for, for voting.
1: You know, Tom Hanks didn't say the um, land of the free. Oh, he didn't. When he did his little speech for Biden, apparently he said the home of the brave. Interesting. And yeah. I, I I haven't listened to the clip yet. I want to listen to it because I saw somebody reacting that he didn't say the land of the free, and I'm like, well, well, who do you mean that when you say m- free? That might have exactly. been intentional. <laughs> when when
0: it becomes free, when everyone can vote equally,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> then it will be free. Yeah, no, that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Excuse me, I'll <laughs> <laughs> work that out. All right, this. We had this guest on one year ago. Let's see if you can guess. If it plays. And uh, you oh, also yeah. worked with Aurora. Uh, tell me your experience with Aurora. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, I love the Aurora. I mean, well, how many plays have I done there? Five, I think, something Damn. like that.
1: Um, no, I love the Aurora. It's one of my favorite places. That was one. I, the most recent show I did was The Importance of Being Earnest there. Um, I, you know, and Josh. did you play? I'll give you a hint. I was Aldrin. Okay.
0: Please. <laughs> oh, no here let me stop it uh this was an individual he works a lot with playground he did work a lot with playground and he was in my play um woodhull and the jailer this is uh oh. patrick jones does that
1: oh wait no him i love him yeah i think i said it on the <laughs> clip <laughs>
0: He was great, and he was—he was also the artist. He's a cartoonist as well.
1: Well, he hasn't been doing much with Playground for about a year or so. I, so. I know, I know.
0: Yeah. Now this is one that you brought in. Okay. This is
1: two years ago. I better remember. <laughs> if you know. I guess you ever—you haven't lived a full life until you've Amen. Amy
0: Crumpacker. Oh,
1: she's coming with the receipts. And this
0: was four, I believe, four years ago. Oh, geez. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me uh, give you a little context. We were talking about uh, sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a woman and we were talking about the analogy of uh, the bases. First base, second base.
1: Oh, okay.
0: One just
1: about language. As you know, when I was in
0: France, one of the funnier exchanges we have? was, where I asked me, mm-hmm. What is all this baseball talk? About sex. What's this name? I'm not no.
1: getting it off the voice, no.
0: I talked with him earlier this, uh, just before the year ended. Scott Munson. Mm. The prolific playwright.
1: <laughs> now you know his wife is French. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Beatrice. As a matter of fact, in one of the first readings of Foreman in Paris, he was Sartre. Oh. Uh huh. And Beatrice was Velvet. Sweet. The very, very first one. <laughs> and with that, Let's uh, talk about um, Micah Kavita. Um Tell us an origin story. Where were you born and raised, and how did the, uh, the theater bug bite you?
2: Yeah, well, I tell people that I'm just from the Bay Area conglomerate, don't really have mm. a hometown because we moved around so much. Mm. Um, my grandparents my on my mom's side were from the Bahamas, and they were pastors. Oh, oh wow. And my grandmother did a lot of um, dramatic reading of scripture and poetry, and so mm-hmm. I grew up watching her yeah. just – come to life on stage what
0: type of uh denomination baptist they were baptist yeah. okay got it
2: and um so that was on the in the background of me growing up just seeing her bring texts to life but not really understanding what that was mm-hmm. but um after i decided i didn't want to be a cowgirl anymore when i was like three years old <laughs> um, i told people that i was going to be an actor a singer and a model oh wow and uh hung on to that for most of my childhood into early adolescence and over some time i just got tired of people telling me oh you're not gonna be well you're not gonna do it you're not talented enough the mm. industry is too saturated you know the whole nine yards so my freshman year of high school i decided i was going to become a lawyer because that's the logical mm. jump right um yeah and the school that i was attending had a um a track for law and public service so i put myself in that mm-hmm. and uh was going to be a like a kind of the advocate type lawyer for mm. children and um sex trafficking mm. and well. then in my english class my teacher jill pellerin had a uh reading Romeo and Juliet and she told us that if we wanted to have extra credit we could come in and perform a monologue or a soliloquy and she did one to show us and I was Mm. like I can do that better than her Ah! (laughs) and so I went home then I practiced all weekend and I came back and I did Juliet's soliloquy before she takes the poison and I had a little prop of a a water bottle with some tea in the bottom of it for my poison and I did it and my whole class was like Mm Micah you've been holding back and I was like well I guess I, I like this. I don't know why. There you go. And she, we didn't have a theater program at that school and she mm-hmm. got together with a principal and put one together and handpicked eight students from the entire student body. I was one of two freshmen and that oh. was the beginning. And then I transferred high schools, came back to the Bay area, got into the theater program. There it was in my first production, my junior year and, um, opening night, something in me clicked and I just knew this was what I wanted to mm. do. And, um, where were I, you in high school? I went to Castro Valley High School for my okay. uh, from sophomore to senior year. Mm-hmm. And the play was directed by Michael Lushington. And I had a scene that I was the only one on stage talking to my guidance counselor. And the guidance counselor was the audience. And Where? I had a monologue talking about what mattered in life. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I realized, without really realizing it, that art in any form can enact change yeah and i didn't know what it was but i knew i wanted to do it and so went to college got my bfa in acting Yay. and where, 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 where i went to azusa pacific university ah, yeah okay. a small college in southern california yeah. but yeah and then i graduated and been doing work for years and now i'm here
0: mm-hmm. so, nice nice what was the um the experience doing dirty butterfly
2: oh, man, <laughs> that show was brutal. Um, well, the audition process was interesting. So I had just finished, I believe, um, A Doll's House at B8, directed by Jan Lee Marshall. Mm-hmm. And I uh, met Kim Donovan briefly through that. And then I got a message from Robert asking if I wanted to audition. So I auditioned and then Kim was there and I was like, Hey, I just met you. And Mm -hmm. so we auditioned together Mm. and had this amazing chemistry Mm -hmm. straight from jump. And when we were done, Robert asked us, he was like, well, to quote, he said, I'm not going to bullshit yet. Do you want to be in the show? Mm -hmm. And we were both like, well, yeah, that's why we're here. (laughs) Right. 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 So we were cast immediately. And, that show just the three of us, Jesse, me, and Kim. Right. It was one of the most difficult shows I've ever done because mm-hmm. Debbie Tucker Green does not write easily, and like the first half of the show is just free form you don 't know when this conversation's taking place, you don't right. know when it was said and what attitude it was said it's just there it's like a just a giant poem, mm-hmm. and it was really the three of us with Robert's guidance, just learning who each other are like who our characters are and trying to find the music in the text um
1: do you want to describe a little bit what the story is yeah
2: so the three characters their character descriptions are just their ethnicities joe Mm. white amelia black jason black Mm -hmm. and their neighbors they um live Jason and Amelia live on either side of Joe and Joe is being beaten by her husband Mm. and Amelia and Jason can hear it. Amelia is repulsed by it and Jason is aroused by it. Mm. And Amelia and Jason used to be together until this started. And, The whole half, first half of the show is just them arguing with each other in different times and different places. And then the latter half of the show, you realize that Joe and Amelia have been friends in the past, Mm -hmm. and Joe's relationship with her husband broke up her friendship with Amelia. And Joe comes into Amelia's job beaten and bloodied, dripping Mm -hmm. in water and blood on the fresh floor that Amelia just mopped. Mm-hmm. and at the end of the show you don't know if Joe has died or just passed out mm-hmm. so it, it was, was yeah it was super fun and, and,
1: and, and very satisfying dramatically I mean that last scene when you have an audience hanging yeah. wanting did, something to happen didn't
0: Robert S say that audience members walked out yes uh, yeah.
1: oh yes they did I'm sure they did mm-hmm. it was, it was yeah. very uncomfortable yeah. it stayed yeah. uncomfortable yeah. like you said yeah. there weren't this sort of convenient scene breaks and things that allowed you to know when you could catch a breath, mm-hmm. yeah, so sometimes you could catch a breath, but some you didn 't know what was happening, yeah. and then
2: yeah you didn 't know when it was coming, and it was in a black box theater, too, so mm. there was no escaping for anyone yeah. <laughs> sure intimate, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think those are the type of the i mean, like we were talking to Robert. You can either go to a Disney-type theater and see Annie Get Your Gun or right. you know, whatever you want to see, The Fantastics mm-hmm. or whatever. Or Hamilton. You see, <laughs> yeah. Or you can see theater that really hits you, a theater yep. that deals with reality. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that Van Wells deals with that. Now, is that your type of theater? I mean, it, it's...
2: Hmm. I don't know if I have a type mm-hmm. of theater. Um, I've always had the belief that when you go to see art in any medium you're going to experience something and so you have to let down a guard that you keep up Mm -hmm. with people in day-to-day life because that you that guard needs to be down for that art to accomplish its job and when Mm -hmm. you do that the art has a chance to plant a seed in your consciousness or Mm -hmm. in your heart and you walk away thinking thoughts you hadn't done before asking Mm -hmm. questions starting conversations and that seed begins to germinate and that's how change happens Mm -hmm. and art when she's operating properly can serve as a textbook to show us where we've come from, a mirror to show us who and where we are, and a roadmap to show us where we can go for better or for worse. Yeah, And that's the art that I want to do. And mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily fit into a type or genre, but it's just as long as it's serving the story and there's truth at the foundation of it, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's funny when you mention change, we've had this conversation before, Norman, uh, that, There's some audience members that don't want change. They don't want to change within themselves. They don't want to change a perspective. They're like, hey, listen, give me what I want. Mm -hmm. Give me the, as if theater were... A fast food joint, I mean, right. like like the movies. Like, let me go to the movies and let me get my summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. and that's it. Right. But sometimes Well, people... I want
1: to know. I wanna, uh, before I've had it, I want to know what I'm going to get. If I go to McDonald's, <laughs> I don't really need to get the food to know what I'm going to get. As yeah. soon as I think, McDonald's, yeah. I've already had the meal. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: But what an experience of walking into a theater, you have no idea what's going to happen, and that will change your perspective of what a relationship is, mm-hmm. what a friendship is. Am I a real friend? I was talking to a friend earlier today, and we were talking about how, you know, some people can be fair-weather friends. Like, oh, yes, you know, I just sympathize for you. It's like, well, can you drive over and help me, you know, go to the hospital? Because I need to. Well, I'm a bit busy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like Dirty Floodified deals with that. It's like you think you know who these people are until the story keeps going on.
1: I would say you don't really know who they are, but... Y- you recognize the sounds and things yeah. that are being said Well I'm sure you're introduced and then to the clichés yeah develops you yeah. start to realize well wait a minute oh there's this connection or oh you're reacting to this differently than we the audience are reacting to this Yeah
2: it's you the veil comes off basically like all three characters had an idea of who the other people were yep. until it hits the fan it's like oh no that is who mm-hmm. you are jason that is who you are you're you're a creep all right, right. amelia you're out for yourself joe you're glutton for punishment so. mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah yeah and those are those are you know those wonderful theatrical things that sort of hit you mm-hmm. you know when you oh, do yeah. least expect it as an audience member whether you like it or not <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which well, is cool
1: i, I always love that i feel like it's good i remember seeing um marenny's black bottom at Le- At Laney College mm-hmm. and a friend of mine had directed so I-
0: August Wilson right
1: August Wilson play, yeah. yeah I went probably as most popular mm-hmm. you know arguably I it's it's structurally it's amazing um, I go to see the play so I hang out afterwards and I was at that point Oakland Public Theater was producing mm-hmm. so I'm definitely kind of keeping an eye out for some talent yeah um so i made a point and i'm the friend i'm a friend of the director so i'm making a point of talking to people afterwards um i noticed that everybody whose friends and family were there they were all gathered so all the black people had their folks and that Mm -hmm. was cool Mm -hmm. there's this poor little white guy and he basically plays the villain in the piece nobody talking to him and i went over to say man i love your work and he said and they were towards the end of the run and he's like." You were the first person to talk to me oh, after
0: the show. Wow.
2: I can't imagine
1: that. Well, and I would say the same thing with you though. Yeah. I don't I didn't recognize you outside. You <laughs> said you were in the show and I'm like, whoa, because the image that is burned in my mind of Dirty mm-hmm. Butterfly is that last moment where we see all that you've done, mm-hmm. all that you've tried to do mm-hmm. and how you finally had to go, you know what? I just can't I can't hear it anymore. I can't see it no yeah. more. I can't be bothered with this no more. And you just walk dripping blood into my clean Mm -hmm. floor. And I already know I can't help you. So that sort of hard moment that Mm -hmm. happens there. I'm on your side, but it's hard. It's real hard. And that's just burned into my brain. I'm like, wow. You know, what would it take for me to be at that point where I went, I know I should care. I know I should try to help you. I am consciously deciding I am not going to be bothered.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've had, I mean, just obviously, although I have not seen that, the scene reminds me of individuals you, who need help. Oh, yeah. But they don't because, for whatever reason, they're addicted to mm-hmm. what they're dealing with. Like, listen, you really need you to lead that person. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I know. But I mean,
1: on some level, we're all used to kind of blowing it off. We walk by homeless people <coughs> all the time. Sure. Yeah. But when there's that one that you can't, oh, Holidays, holidays. The neighbor were neighbors were gone. They get back. Somebody is camped out in their backyard. Mm-hmm. Not a tent, but it's clearly hanging out there. Yeah. So they're like, uh, "This is our house, and you have to leave." And she didn't want to. <laughs> um, and at one point, she said, "Get away from me," and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Uh, you know what, trying to have a conversation with you because mm-hmm. the next step is going to be ugly. Yeah. Yeah. And they eventually, I guess she got tired of them bothering her or whatever, and she left, went across the street and started trying to get into somebody else's face. Oh wow. Then came over and knocked on our door. Mm. And Mar answered the door and says, uh, she said, can I come in and use your bathroom? And Mara said, no. Mm. But do you need something? Because they had already, we, already, we had talked yeah. to the neighbors, so we knew they had offered her food. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. not interested in food. Mm-hmm. She stood on the sidewalk for the longest time, and then she just sort of wandered up and down the street for a while, and then yeah. she disappeared. I'm feeling horrible. I know I don't want to call the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what else I can do or should do, and I'm feeling horrible mm-hmm. because I feel like I should help, but.
0: Yeah, but I mean, there. They, you know, if you help that one person, there's like 500 more. I mean, unfortunately, this well, is a what recurring is help thing. For them? Yeah, exactly. What, what is the help they need? Yeah. yeah.
1: So we actually, I will put this pitch out because this is great. Oakland mm-hmm. has a mental health unit um, that you can call like 24 seven. Or I, I think they may not be all the way up 24 seven now, but they've got mm-hmm. two shifts. Um, and so instead of calling the police, you can call them, and they will send people out.
2: Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's
1: and I was wonderful. like, oh, so yeah, we ended up getting all these numbers and things. And nice. Like, okay. Yeah. And if I had my phone, I would tell you what that was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And, you know, because getting back to Dirty Butterfly, it mm-hmm. deals with wanting to help someone because on the surface, you're like, okay, I think I understand what this person is going through and I want to help them. But then as you're geeking deep down inside, I was like, oh, wait a minute, you know, this individual... There's something more deeper going on. It sounds like the individual does not want to leave. You know, is well, sort yeah. Of an
1: or I'm not qualified to, to.
2: Yeah, it's also about boundaries. Like I have uh, an aunt that I love to pieces, but mm-hmm. her entire life has been codependent relationships, yeah. being mm-hmm. an abuse, being. I, I might be able to count on both hands the amount of times I've seen her completely sober.
0: Yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. like,
2: we all have someone in our life like that, or know of someone like that, where you get to a point where, like, I love you, but I can no longer do this. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you have to protect your own peace. Sure. Right. And yeah.
0: sometimes people have to hit rock bottom before exactly. they want help. Yeah. And yep. if you keep on enabling them, they'll never hit they'll rock bottom. just keep bottom. on going. Yeah. I did have a question acting wise did the teaching that the, the because you you have a bfa mm-hmm. in drama mm-hmm. is that correct yeah um did it help you in dirty Butterfly? to fly because we've had this ongoing debate as mm-hmm. far as do you need who, who needs education or who needs <sighs> teaching or whatever or
2: yeah
0: was it one of those mm-hmm. things where your own life experience was good enough
2: see <laughs> <laughs> i i'm grateful for my bfa um but I don't. I don't know. I. I think when it comes to getting education, you have. You can only get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand that when I started college. Mm-hmm. I just thought I was going to go to college and I was going right. to come out with all this knowledge and all this wisdom and I was going to be ready right to go. Yeah. That was not the case. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't come to that realization until after the fact. And so I treated. And still do every opportunity I get to work as an opportunity to learn. Yeah. And so it was, yes, a combination of my education because my education taught me how to break down a script, how to build a character, like the technical things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as far as the <laughs> filling out the skin of a character and stepping into that person's life, I learned on my feet. I learned by watching people like Kim Donovan. Like Kim Donovan, our, in our audition alone, she started acting, and I was like, "Oh, I have to earn my spot next to her. Mm-hmm. I just can't be here." Her. Yeah, like she is off and running. I gotta right. catch up. No, she's yeah, incredible. And so, yeah. just working with her alone, I learned what I needed to do to be
1: in that show. Yeah. So it's a combination. They were doing that at the same time.
0: As, as four as
1: men. As four men in Paris. I was just going to ask she, you. Because she was that, in four men in Paris. I, I had to work around your rehearsal schedule. That's <laughs> right. I remember talking about yeah, other project. Yeah, <laughs> because we nearly,
0: we nearly <laughs> didn't get her. Right. Because, and I was a little pissed. because I was like, okay, who is this person, Kim Donovan? Is she good enough? Because if she's in Dirty Butterfly... Is that better than what I'm doing, what we're doing? Right. But it was all justified because when she did come in and Barry Graves would say the exact same thing that you were saying Mm -hmm. that he had to catch up to Kim. Yeah. As far as learning, and Kim is such a giving actress, I mean, we're we're just singing her praises, and it's one of the things that we talk about you know, Mm -hmm. like actors, you know, it's like characters and us learning. There have been horrible experiences I've had working with scene partners Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it's like they're not giving me anything, it's all attitude, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, now I got to put away my feelings for this individual, Mm -hmm. right? And getting to character, and that, of course is a a gauntlet all by itself. Mm -hmm. And then I have a director saying, well, you know, something's just not right and i got to spend more time because of an attitude problem, Mm -hmm. as opposed to I was thinking just the other day the scene partners that I love working with Mm -hmm. like I think of Castillo Mm-hmm. Uh, who um, uh, Mark? Uh, uh, B- Mark Castillo yeah, yeah before the dream oh yeah he would come to my apartment It's like, hey let's help get off book you know I mm-hmm. want to work on this thing Wonderful. I have this idea and it's was like hey this is fantastic this is mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be and I imagine you and Kim went through the exact same thing
2: yeah we oh man we had so many conversations about that text I mean having the character descriptions only be the characters ethnicities Right. Yeah. obviously the show is about race and, right. but it was never mentioned and the entire script right. never mentioned Yep. but it was everywhere and so she and I would sit down and just talk about all of those things and talk about our characters talk about life talk about the world and that fed into our performance and I've, mm-hmm. I've only had a similar experience with one other actor that I've had to catch up and it was um, Garth Petal um, oh I Garth. Him. yeah, yeah. Uh, in Jubilee at B8 Theater which is one of mm-hmm. my very first productions mm-hmm. when he auditioned because we we lost our actor that was playing his role and then we were auditioning a bunch of guys and then when he came in he said the first line in the scene. And I said, oh, we're, we're doing this. Okay. Right. And I took off running. Yeah.
0: Boom. Mm-hmm. No, that that is very, very awesome. Um, talk to us about B8. I mean, how, how did you get involved with B8? And are yeah. you still involved with B8?
2: I will forever be involved with B8. Okay. I love Jan Lee. Um, so when I graduated in 2016, I spent a year not knowing what I was doing, just, you know, mm-hmm. the general anxiety, depression, post-grad blues, right. all that good stuff. And then I remembered hearing something about TBA and I went online and got a subscription to their membership and all that stuff and started mm-hmm. a plot, like sending out stuff for auditions. And I think I got like six auditions and I booked about half of them. And mm-hmm. one of those was B8 and mm-hmm. Jubilee, um, written by Susan Sobloff directed by Peacock. And, um, yeah, I went in for the audition and I remembered like, well, got to do what I was trained to do. Got to dress like as a character. And this is a military mm-hmm. type character. So I mm-hmm. came in with like my combat boots and like my army green <laughs> bomber jacket and I was like, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. And, um, I later found out that after I auditioned the playwright, changed part of the script to accommodate what i brought in they were like we have to cast her we need to change the script to honor her that's awesome yeah and i didn't know that until like after the show was done Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah that's how i got in with jubilee or with b8 rather Mm -hmm. and have just like jan lee is like my theater mom i love her
1: they they had a little bank space for a while do they still have it no they don't i thought Um, i thought that went
2: yeah they uh The city of Concord turned that into a high-rise apartment. Really? Mm -hmm. Jeez. Yeah, it's a very sad thing. Um, So they
1: have a new home? Not yet. Um, Uh, Right before the
2: pandemic, we were in uh, the Concord Historical Society. We Mm -hmm. did Midsummer Night's Dream. I did that with Terrence um, Terrence Smith. Terrence Smith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had him on. this week. That was the summer of Midsummer. Everyone was doing Midsummer that year. Um. And I think they had another space, but then COVID happened. So yeah. yeah,
0: Speaking of COVID, how was that? I mean, have you had to cancel? Have you were you casting anything that yes. that didn't <laughs> 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 any runs that ended because <laughs> yeah. of COVID? I think
2: I've had like three, three or four productions that were canceled because mm. of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just been cast in Violet at um, Town Hall oh, wow. in Lafayette, uh-huh. and that ended soon as COVID started right um
0: yeah. was don monique williams involved in that or no she may have moved on by then
2: i don't remember like i, I hadn't even gotten like the full cast list oh, it was wow. like that mm-hmm. abrupt like mm-hmm. i had been they asked me to audition i sent him a tape and then COVID started and they're yeah. like your cast but we're not doing it yeah <laughs> yeah that's sad yeah. um and then i had done was doing Amadeus with uh, Joel wow. Roster at other other theater company, mm-hmm. Adele Campanil. We had one show <laughs> and then had to cancel because mm-hmm. the Delta variant. Yeah. So we had a um, a one-night performance for everyone that was vaccinated and a mask to come in. And that was amazing. That got canceled. And then mm-hmm. I was supposed to do a sketch comedy show with Killing My Lobster ah. this month, but that got canceled. Oh, so, what a
0: shame. What yeah. a shame. Yeah.
2: yeah. My last... Uh, show before <coughs> quarantine and everything was a sketch show with killing my lobster about Y2K, which I think is a little too prophetic to have a show right. about the end of the world. And then a month later, the world ended. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 exactly.
1: Yeah. So I'm hoping w- I can get one of the writers in, mm-hmm. uh, in our reading. Mm-hmm. for the Baldwin piece I'm hoping mm-hmm. a guy oh who was involved in Killing yeah. the Lobster yep, okay yep, yep. That, yeah that'll be nice they got a lot of good people no, yeah mm-hmm. really strong stuff
2: <laughs> yep
0: so where do you see yourself in the future I mean after hopefully when COVID will end we're mm-hmm. hoping that it'll end you know this year or whatever but do you want to you know there are a lot of folks who are getting into YouTube videos mm-hmm. and maybe you want to go to Broadway to expand mm-hmm. your theater experience or maybe you want to go to Hollywood to get into film where, where yeah. do you see yourself
2: I'm actually in the process of moving to back to southern california okay when? um i am still looking i sure. uh yeah i just actually talked to some people to move to an area that's near my my alma mater but which is where... uh um, it, it's in, in azusa it's about like 30 okay. minutes east of pasadena yeah yeah No, i'm a,
1: I'm a citrus college alum
2: oh yeah yeah right around the corner, so right, right I, across the street. You
1: said it. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, I know I passed that way too many yeah, times. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Citrus and AP are right next door to each other. Yeah. Um, So I have wanted for some years to expand my career from just the stage to also being on the screen. Mm -hmm. And now feels like the time for that. So I'm doing more writing, sketch comedy, getting into... You're a writer too. That's awesome. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, I have a play that I wrote in college that I'm trying to change into a short film. Mm -hmm. And I want to work on that when I'm down there with some friends. But yeah, moving to L.A. and trying my hand on the screen so Mm -hmm. well
0: there you go well you know i wish you absolutely the best of luck for that do you see yourself more as a comedian or drama dramatic actress or it really doesn't matter
2: um i didn't think i was that funny (laughs) until Mm. i got involved with killing my lobster like i'm funny in regular life but i didn't think i was like funny (laughs) funny (laughs) yeah um until i did uh, my audition for them and they're like yeah no we want you in our pool and i was like Mm. wait i'm funny it was it was a whole thing yeah so um i i like to think on them both because you can't have drama without comedy and vice versa yeah you know you got to have the light for the darkness to exist and mm-hmm. the other way around so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah no that's very 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 true i mean a lot of the a lot of times where i've like laughed out loud was let's mm-hmm. say a drama and i didn't expect the comedy to yeah. come in all of a sudden there's right. a line that yeah. cuts yeah. in it's like ah oh, Okay, that, that was great. Mm-hmm. So, no, that, that is awesome. Uh, it is 4.13, so we're mm-hmm. at the hour mark. So um, Birthdays, uh, shout-outs to you. Are you birthdays. ready? Birthdays, I okay. did. Thank okay. you.
1: Thank you. Sure. Thank you for the laptop so I could actually pull this stuff up. <laughs> uh, Joel Branner is uh, someone who I met when I was at San Francisco State. Um, amazing, beautiful dancer, but he was also one of the people who created Afro Promo Homos, this sketch comedy mm-hmm. group of gay black men. Oh. That was just the thing in the 90s. It was, it was incredible. And then he moved to um, Minneapolis, found the love of his life. They got married. I think they've been there happily ever since. Um, on the other end of the spectrum uh, this week, uh, Ella Zalen is uh, her birthday is coming up. And I say other end of the spectrum because I met her when she was three. Her <laughs> mom is a playwright, Wendy Belden. And um, and so I've known Ella. Watched her go through school. Watched her starting to get out and do some shows. And now she's her folks are actually thinking about moving. So she's trying to figure out what she's going to do next. She's out of school and looking for that next stage of her life. Um, David Diggs. Yeah. Ah, birthday yeah. is this coming yeah. week. <laughs> um, and you know, and I I have been on stage with him just for a reading, but. Many, many moons ago. So mm-hmm. it was funny because I was following his trajectory yeah. at the point where he was doing a lot of couch surfing. Mm-hmm. So suddenly he ends up in New York and bam, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yay, yay for I you. I think I
0: saw a recent post of Margot Hall taking a picture with Debbie. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't doubt. They are good friends. Yeah. Yep, and they're in um, blind, spotting. blind spotting. That's yep. right. Uh, Phil L. High is somebody I went to high school with um, and his wife was... He was barely connected to theater when I was there. His wife was a year or so behind me in school and ended up taking over the department. Mm. And she just retired, I think, this year. She finally retired. I was like, wow, I'm old. (laughs) Um, John Angel Grant, I want to mention just because back in the day when there used to be newspapers and there were reviews, John Angel Grant was the reviewer for... The sort of 680 corridor, Contra Costa County. Mm. I mean, he saw other shows as well, but he really promoted that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip this one because I think you've got it. Maurice Jamal is somebody else I went to college with, an amazing director, writer, actor. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony, I'm going to pick up, though. Tony <laughs> Alderondo. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Tony. You know Tony?
2: Yes. Ah, Small world.
1: <laughs> Tony is amazing, and these days he's been putting a lot of his energy into spoken word mm-hmm. and stuff, but he's mm-hmm. still... Um, I can't say beat me out because we are so not the same type, but he got to do that, um, is it Alanis Morissette, um, Reasons I Drink? Okay. They got a bunch of local actors to do, uh, the basically you were a character at a, like an AA meeting hmm. and lip syncing the song. Oh, that's it awesome. Was, it was neat. And, you know, Tony's wonderful, so yeah. I'm glad he got to do that. Um, Michael Kelly? Was a Bay Area actor. Last time I tried to get him for a project, I found out he moved to L.A. I'm like, I'm always mad when that happens. <laughs> mm. Always. I'm happy for you, but I'm mad. I've got skipping <clears throat> one more. William Thomas Hodgson is um, an actor. The Bay Area may not know that well, even though right now he's been on stages all over. I think he was at the Aurora. I think he was at SF Playhouse. Um, Cal Shakes. He was up in Ashland mm. doing really well. Uh, And his birthday's this week I got two more Sean Lim um, I When I came out of college I started with the African uh, Not the African American That hadn't That didn't exist yet The Asian American Theater Company Oh okay And um, Watched them go through A bunch of changes And at one point When they had no home And folks weren't sure If the company was going to go on In comes Sean And his social media chops Were just so incredible Got that company, took it to the next level. It was wonderful to watch. And then the last one I've got is Annette Frazier, uh, Annette Frazier Wheat. She got married. Um, and she's a grandma. And She's somebody else I went to high school with. Mm. And I'm like, I look at her picture. I'm like, wait a minute. When did we get old? How did we get old? <laughs> yeah, so those yeah. Those are my birthdays <laughs> for the week.
0: Two days ago, um, Duff Croissant, his birthday uh, uh, happened. And I've talked about him. He is a wonderful musician, and he was supposed to be. As a matter of fact, was that ti- the painter? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. uh, Dub Cresson. He's never been on. Uh, he's a. He was a musician. He worked when we were going to do Tiny Beautiful Things. Uh, Plethos is going to do Tiny Beautiful Things this year. Oh well, nice. COVID willing. Right, right, right. <laughs> so uh, two days ago, he turned thirty-seven. So happy birthday, Dub. He is amazing. He. I worked with him uh, for Women on the Verge of Nervous Breakdown, right. and he was just fantastic. Mm. Um, On the 25th, two days from now, Danny Boy Hall, I think you left that for me. I did. Uh, <laughs> the one and only time we, uh, not all, I don't think all of us got high on the A, <laughs> but he brought his weed. Remember he brought <laughs> right. his weed? Yes. <laughs> so Danny Boy, uh, so that, <laughs> that was an He's, interesting a, he's episode.
1: a lighting designer, electrician slash electrician. He does a lot more than that and, you know it's amazing when you find somebody who is that qualified willing to do theater at our level because if you do the big touring shows that's big money yeah if you do you know if you're working for musicians you know like with a a nightclub or something, that's good money. If you're working with the theater company, sometimes there's some money, sometimes there isn't. So I'm yeah. happy that he likes being involved with live theater. Yeah,
0: you no, know, he was very, very down to earth and young. I mean yes, very young, young to young. get into, you know, the professionalism of yeah. um of um you know technical theater and not just working the light board but actually right. putting together a system oh yeah no he,
1: he knows how to put <clears> his yeah. stuff together yeah he got all excited about your setup as i saw <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and i had renewed i've renewed it since then yeah. any case uh, my brother andre his birthday is on the 26th ah. uh he is an excellent keyboardist and mm-hmm. uh, i uh, wish him happy birthday happy birthday, bro. Um, Oh, uh, I usually talk about my Ellingtonite uh, folks that I've graduated with. I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts in Washington, D.C., and Mm -hmm. Dorsendo Parker did as well. I have no idea if she's still involved in acting, but she turns uh, 52 uh, January the 27th, so happy birthday for her. Um, John Ritchie, the other half of Corinne (laughs) Ritchie, (laughs) they both, husband and wife, runs PLETHOS Productions, Mm -hmm. which is in their fourth year. I think so yeah well we were their first no I'm sorry we were their second second production yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but in any case it's wonderful when we talk about theater it's wonderful how how people can come together Mm -hmm. romantically in love and theater sort of binds the relationship together Mm -hmm. it's really wonderful when you hear stories like that and of course when we did last year our love edition remember we did that where we had couples oh yes 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 yeah 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 Yeah, yeah, they were part of the couple that came in so you should listen to that podcast Mm -hmm. but he turned Uh, 39 so happy birthday John Mm
1: -hmm.
0: let's see Jim Letchworth I've heard that this name floats around a lot uh, I've got to get him on because I just see his name around. Mm-hmm. His birthday is on January the 28th. Okay. Also on the 28th, Lorna Velasco. She is one of the oh. uh, mm-hmm. founders of Bindlestiff Studios, yeah. Philippine-American. She yeah. uh, and her family, they're now in Washington State. And as uh, a matter of fact, her mom just passed away. Oh. Her mom, and um, she's also the sister of, oh, shucks. Uh, Diane. I can't think of her last name. But in any case, they posted a very, very sad... Um, po- uh, um, posting that mm-hmm. her, their mother passed away mm-hmm. and obviously their mother had a very very uh, strong impact in their in their lives so right. Lorna happy birthday and we're very very sorry for your loss mm-hmm. um, let's see Terrence, Terrence! Smith I
2: <laughs>
0: Terrence I mean we have he's been on the podcast I've acted with him in um the uh, Civil War uh, Civil War Christmas yeah uh, he has been he's been doing all sorts of things he's he's a guy he's and a guy on I the rise he,
1: was it Jim um, of the Ocean or was it the other one Radio Golf
0: that's right he was in Radio Golf yes yeah that's right yeah. Uh, he, Terrence is fantastic and he's he, alright yeah <laughs> ah! <laughs> And uh, he he he's a guy who's on the rise. I surely I think he's mm-hmm. been doing a couple of film stuff as well. Yep. So yes. I wouldn't it would not surprise me mm-hmm. to see him years from now on the big screen uh-huh. for real. Uh, happy birthday, Terrence! He's thirty one years old. <laughs> uh, the last one that I have is Alex Murphy, and I think I've talked about him. I acted with him on stage. We did um, Grey Gardens, my first musical oh, right. at the Douglas Morrison Theater. Yes. And we had Melissa Mamboise on. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the love interest, and he was the uh, guy pursuing her. Ah. Uh, Grey Gardens, it's the story of uh, the Bouviers. Right. Uh, Jacqueline Bouviers' sister, uh, I think, yeah. who kind of went crazy yeah. and they were living along the cats yes. and the mansion. Uh, there's a whole documentary about it, and someone yeah. wrote a musical about it. Alex Murphy was in it. Alex, and he's an excellent Rubik's Cube guy he was in the re- oh, he was in the geez. green room just yeah. flip, flip, flip 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 and boom just solved it Man. i could never do it <laughs> alex murphy uh, happy birthday to you <sighs> shows I, I don't pun- i
1: don't well there's any. playground there's playground coming up monday um what is the theme um, keep moving forward Keep
0: moving forward mm. and that'll be uh, january 24th and
1: i will tell you that the range of plays this time because keep moving forward is actually taken from a king martin luther king quote yes um There are very few political pieces, but people found all kinds of ways to pick up that theme and and highlight it i um, think
0: ann uh, yumi kabori has a piece in it right
1: yeah i think i believe she does yeah yes. and i think christopher wilburn has a piece in it christian wilburn Christ- i'm sorry christian wilburn yeah and
0: uh kim ridgeway is directing uh, one she's, of the she's
1: directing christians yeah <laughs> <Yes>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah kim
0: Ridgway is, is awesome man. she's doing uh things for dragon eggs as well
1: right no she is the producer of dragon eggs there you go yeah. there you go yes. it's Like ooh.
0: so check that out if you have time
1: uh this is an audition i Checking in most, mostly with you two. You know, Jim of the Oceans is having auditions. Oh, interesting. Who's so, doing it? I forget. Oh, I think it's a TheaterWorks. TheaterWorks. Down okay. in Palo Alto. Yeah. Um, but I think tomorrow is the get your thing in. Oh, interesting.
0: So. I'll check that out. TheaterWorks. And if I, find a, if I find the link, then I'll link that on to our show notes. If I, if I can find uh, well,
1: it. Well, it's for the audition. I was saying it mostly for you, too. Oh, okay. I don't need everybody else to audition. Never course. mind. I'm trying to get some work. Shoot.
0: Well, <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you for the hookup. Um My hate letter to the great American theater, Shotgun Players, is... um oh, That's right. a reading, and that will be... A little bit further along the line, February the 17th through the 20th, mm-hmm. a good friend of mine, Golda uh, Santiago, I think that's her last name, uh, uh-huh. uh, she also no- she also is known as Rebel Maria. She will be in it, and uh, she will be our next guest on The Yay, so oh, she'll okay. talk all about that. But I'm glad to see that Shotgun is still doing something. It's, o- it's very short. It's only three days. Mm-hmm. I imagine because of COVID, they can't get any longer than that, but we'll have a link to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, I believe The Hollow is still going on. City. Lights Theater and oh, Yumi Kabori is in the is show. In the show right?
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: and we have a link to that. Uh, Constellations, uh, tomorrow will be the la- I'm, I'm sorry, the 23rd. No, today. See, I keep thinking today is Saturday. Right. That's why. I
2: know.
0: <laughs> yeah. But Constellations today is the last day that you can see the streaming of it. Alan coin is in it. Oh,
2: oh. Alan. Yeah, yeah, Alan. Yeah. See there, small world.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Broadway on demand is doing that, and we have the link for that as well. Mm-hmm. And I will pimp three podcasts other than our Hours. Mm-hmm. uh barry graves is doing uh the black man's heart so check that out on all podcast apps mallory samara our um consulting producer she's also producer of KCBS radio and she has a series called connect the dots it's a weekly news podcast hosted by wcbs news radio so check that out also bindlestiff studio has the fobcast philippine american immigrant stories uh so check that out as well mm-hmm. and um um, Micah, you had, yes. you were on a podcast, so we should yeah. pump that as well. What podcast yeah, was that? Yeah, I was
2: on, um, the, other, other podcast, okay. uh, mm. it's the other, other theater company's podcast sure. with Joel Roster and Aaron Gold. <laughs>
0: right on. I'm yeah. writing that down so that, um, people can check that out as well. Yeah. Did you have a good time?
2: I did. Y'all are cool.
1: <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> delighted to have
0: you yeah we're well, delighted to have you and thank you so much kim donovan for uh, yes. suggesting that you come on and mm-hmm. like i said we had no idea usually norman knows somebody and we'll bring someone on or mm-hmm. i'll know somebody right but every now and then we'll bring someone from the cold but we know that it works we'll, we'll you know we yeah. just put yeah. it in and everything works out so and you were fantastic thank oh, you so thank much you. <laughs> and there are a lot of folks who will say hey i want to do what she's doing and now you know they they can see the path that you have and so you know others can take that path as well awesome yeah. there you go all righty so you're probably listening to our podcast on um any podcast app we're on spotify we're on the purple Ball podcast app that you listen to on your iphone or ipad if you're an android user then you can use the soundcloud app or just go on soundcloud.com and you, you can find us also we still have jerseys Yay! <laughs> so uh, check out our jerseys we have the white jersey we have pinstripe jerseys we have the black jersey it's only 30 dollars. so mm-hmm. uh hit me up just send me a, a pm a private message and let me know um that you are interested in. Now will uh, make sure that you get your Jersey. Yeah, yeah. The yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. We're at the yay. Yay. Space three. three.
1: I think it's just yay. Three. The yay.
0: Three on Instagram. I'm at red space. Clay. I, uh, no on Twitter, Twitter. Thank you so much. So the a three at Twitter. Also my Twitter and Instagram is a uh, red space, red space. Clay.
1: And mine is who's your, who's your,
0: Uh, Micah, can people find you?
2: Yeah, I am on all my social media under Micah Kavita, M-I-K-A-H-K-A-V-I-T-A.
0: There we Mm -hmm. go. And we'll have that uh, on the links as well so that you can directly, um, you know, contact her, especially producers. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's looking for a fantastic black actress, um, you can't go wrong with uh, Micah. Powerful, (laughs) yes. There you go. It's a wonderful Sunday afternoon. So everyone enjoy yourselves. And as Norman and I always say, we we got to find a better better sign -off. off. And we are out.